Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media.
the center of the galaxy. This is the Four Center Podcast feed, and I'm Ken Absog for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars Episode 45, an ode to 3PO. We're going to talk a little C-3PO today. A forgotten main character at times. No, no, it's not like he's not completely remembered or... Or love, but you know what? I don't hear 3PO discussed enough in my podcasting uh, world. That I, and I do a lot of Star Wars podcasts, as you know. I'm on them. I talk to friends about it. Uh, when I'm not in front of a microphone talking about Star Wars, I'm often talking about Star Wars with other people, and a lot of things come up, including the droids. Definitely R2. A lot of BB-8 talk. But I feel in my heart that we all overlook C-3PO. I understand. I understand. There's something about 3PO. He's that prissy little annoying friend, man. He, he's the guy. He's that little annoying voice that won't shut up. You want to turn him off sometimes. But I think that's just how well Anthony Daniels does portraying C-3PO. It's key to the story. It's key to how... We all came to love A New Hope and Star Wars as, as a generation of fans back then. Think about it. You're making this space opera. It's already crazy. You got a walking tall dog next to a space scoundrel, a boy with a laser sword, a wizard in the desert, a princess with cinnamon rolls on her head. You got a villain that's dressed in a cape and a mask, and you hear him breathing like he's a scuba diver. There's a lot of weird things going on in this, and then you center a lot of it around two robots. Now we call them droids. It's something that came out of that movie, lest we forget. You have a droid phone? George Lucas probably gets some of that money when you buy it. For the first few minutes, scenes, act of Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope, who are our main characters? It's R2-D2 and C-3PO. And who's the one that we can understand the most? C-3PO. Before you really get to spend time with Luke, before you meet Han Solo, before you can figure out who this princess is with the weird hair, and before you get to fall in love with the villain Darth Vader, you are spending time with this golden robot with a high-pitched, whiny British accent and a beeping droid. A beeping trash can, really. Think about that. Stop and think about it. You are launching this, this movie that was ahead of its time. It was weird, and you don't start it with, with humans figuring things out. You start it with these robots, and it worked. If Anthony Daniels and Kenny Baker hadn't been able to pull that off, who knows where we would have been. It's like when you hear me give credit to Billy Dee Williams and Lando Carisi and, and the creation of that character and the execution of that character. In Empire Strikes Back, it helped expand the universe. It added a new character with a new backstory and expanded on the first movie so well. Those kind of second characters in the second movie are part of the bigger tapestry and why we have a bigger tapestry. But in, in the same notion, I think you have to stop and give C-3PO a lot of credit for being the first out of the gate and the first character that we kind of form some kind of affection around. 
And I love hearing Anthony Daniels. You know, Anthony Daniels, you can kind of, I don't want to say make fun. That's not the right word. I have the utmost respect for the guy. But Anthony Daniels has no problem being C-3PO. No problem at all. If you need him to voice 3PO, he'll do it. And that can kind of become a little bit of a a joke if you're not careful. And I'm trying to be careful here because I think it's awesome. I would hate to know that uh, a voice, uh, 3PO's voice is not Anthony Daniels. I just, it's got to be him. Uh, But, you know, it's easy to overlook that and say, ah, Daniels, he just, he just so loves that he's going to be 3PO in a video game, uh, in a cartoon. Hell, I even own a copy. I wish this was a video podcast. I could show you. I own a copy of the very infamous and famous. Star Wars Christmas album. Forget the holiday special. That's maligned and poked fun at with good reason, but I have the Star Wars Christmas album, a LP, a record. And it's got some great songs on there, like Bells, 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 and What Do You Get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already has a comb, and it's Anthony Daniels on the recording. It's Anthony Daniels singing, talking, dancing, doing the whole thing. That is commitment. And I think Anthony Daniels deserves a lot of credit, and I love hearing the interviews. And he'll tell the story. It's on a lot of documentaries of how his he saw the Ralph McQuarrie drawing, and he just was drawn to these kind of sad eyes of the concept 3PM. And how uh, possibly, it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of urban Star Wars myth by this, this time, but yeah, 3PO was maybe supposed to be this used car salesman type of guy. They were thinking of it more in those terms. But Daniels connected with those sad eyes and, and the Macquarie drawing, and, and, he, and he brought a different kind of take to the character. Yep, he's, he's prissy. He's a British butler. He's all those type of things. He's neurotic, anxiety-ridden. Uh, and I think that's a perfect choice. Because if you're in that universe as a fan for the first time, you just saw this starship take over another starship, this villain with the cape, these white stormtroopers, all these these rebels are dying, this princess seems in distress, you might be a little nervous and anxious too. So 3PO, in a way, is representing us. And the confident little trash can droid, you don't fully understand. Anthony Daniels was our first look into the galaxy and and, uh, Empire. The comic relief in Empire, a lot of it comes from Danielson's performances, 3PO. And that dark tones in that movie are are helped. They're counterbalanced by the the out-of-fish-out-of-water nature of 3PO. He's a protocol droid, and now he's on this intergalactic mission they're running away they're trying to get to safety they're on cloud city the empire's there he's the one that discovers the stormtroopers he just can't get out in time to tell anybody he's in pieces and you feel for him you feel for him i love that moment in empire where the door opens up and the other protocol droid is there 3po says hey a familiar face ichuta the other droid kind of Rubs him off. I, it, it, you feel for 3PO, man. He's been by himself all the time. There's other protocol p- protocol droids. In fact, on the blockade runner, Tantive 4, in the beginning of New Hope, there, there's one there. There's one there with him. Kind of scampers off. There's three droids going down that hallway before we focus on 3PO and R2. So you feel for him. He just wanted to see a friendly face. Now he's being ripped apart. His body's being tossed around by Ugnaughts. And the relationship between Chewie and 3PO 
in Empire. It's funny, a little bittersweet, and it's touching. With all the other big things, you can't overlook 3PO. In Empire, or, or excuse me, Jedi, Return of the Jedi, that's the next one, right? Yeah, Return of the Jedi, as a kid growing up and loving that movie as much as I did as a kid. Yeah, Empire surpassed it, but Jedi has its place. I loved the moments with 3PO. Now, are they are they somewhat cheesy? Maybe. Maybe, but I, that's that's me being harsh as an old bitter man. You can't deny back uh, back in 83 3PO been knocked over by Jabba, covered in Jabba's slime, uh unwillingly part of a of a bigger plan to be intentionally given over to Jabba the Hutt to get someone in there on the inside. Funny moments. And then the stuff on Endor is great. Through all this, these first two movies and most of the third movie early on, 3PO's been tossed around. He's been ripped apart. He's been broken. He's been overlooked. Han doesn't like him. Leia shuts him off. Ugnots are throwing his head around. 3PO's had it rough for the first two and a half movies. So he gets to Endor, and what does he become? A golden god. It's great. You got to like that. As a kid, growing up, one of my favorite Star Wars moments was Luke closing his eyes, saying, 3PO, tell him you'll use your magic. And Luke lifts him up and spins him around. I love that. When the prequels came out, you hoped that 3PO and R2-D2 were there. You'd always heard Lucas say, Star Wars, all six episodes, will be kind of told from the point of view of 3PO and R2. Again, one of those Star Wars urban legends. You can find you can find quotes somewhere, look it up if you want. But it's been said and speculated and talked about a lot. That It's really the droids telling the story. I don't mean, at the end of episode nine, I don't want 3PO to... You know, you know, we fade out, Kylo Ren dies, or Rey becomes a Jedi or whatever, and then the movie fades out, and then it fades back up, and 3PO's just telling some children, uh, you know, some Padawan learners uh, about all the nine stories. I don't want that, but I kind of like this notion that it's told through the eyes and ears and perceptors of the droids. And so when the prequels came about, and the first trailer for Phantom Menace revealed R2-D2, and revealed C-3PO, though much different, got me excited. I was happy. I was glad. I was intrigued. Very intrigued that uh, 3PO was uh, in a different form. Now, when the movie was revealed and uh, Anakin, little Annie, was the one that built 3PO, as much as I've come around on the prequels in some areas, I'm not behind the idea that it was Darth Vader who built C-3PO. It's too cute. It's too much of a button I'm not a fan of that. It's still tough to swallow a little bit. I I always joke that uh, what Phantom Phantom Menace revealed and the other two prequel movies confirmed is that all six of the Star Wars stories so far, of course not counting seven, are the story of Darth Vader trying to find the droid he lost. It's like a, a little boy looking for his lost puppy. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. 
LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> um, but I like that 3PO is there. Attack of the Clones, I like that he's there. I like that Klieg Lars has him. Kind of an interesting turn. That's That I can get behind. And then and Sith, he's, he's not really there. Uh, he's, he's there with Padme. Um, but I do love, and I've talked about it before, I do love that at the end of Revenge of the Sith, it's 3PO that has his memory wiped. Which makes sense because as Star Wars fans, we were watching all three of the prequels, no matter what you thought of them, you had to kind of think, wait a minute, does this mean 3PO knew the whole time? Oh, no, memory wiped, but it was R2 
who knew the whole time. I actually love that reveal. I'm a fan of the fact that R2-D2 may have known all of this all along during uh, episodes 4, 5, and 6, and he kept the secret. He kept kayfabe if you're a wrestling fan. But I like 3PO in the prequels. You needed him there. So when we all saw that he was uh, Anthony Daniels was on board and back for episode 7, warmed that little cord of my heart. Star Wars needs 3PO. It needs R2. Could I envision sometime them not being there? We've seen it with some of the cartoons. The 3PO and R2 were not always present in the Clone Wars. Uh, Rebels, they've made some appearances, but they're not the main focus. Rogue One, I, I highly doubt. Um, we'll see 3PO and R2, though, eh, you could, you could see them make an appearance. It wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be that out of place for 3PO and R2 to show up in Rogue One, maybe at the end. Um, but I gotta mention they're not, and I don't think that story needs it. But the fact that Force Awakens had the, had the droids that we loved made it all complete. And I think absolutely one of the best moments of Force Awakens was 3PO's first moment with Han Solo cutting in. I love the moment of, you may not remember me because of my red arm. Sure, 3 Beal. Sure. Some of the stuff at the end of Force Awakens, uh, you may not like the, the sudden awake of R2-D2, and I think there were some moments with 3PO that were a little bit on the nose, but, but uh, I like that he was there. I like that we have that thread. Which leads me to the Marvel one-shot that, that came out, and I finally got a hand my hands on it. I've been traveling for a little bit. Uh, out of town at uh, in Las Vegas for uh, Cauliflower Alley uh, Reunion Club, which is a pro wrestling uh, alumni association I'm a part of. Uh, birthday stuff. I've been traveling around. So I finally got a hold of the 3PO one shot. And we've been waiting for this for a while because it was promised to us. I think it was originally going to be released in December. And it was going to answer the question of C-3PO's red arm which we uh, now uh, we know the answer if you read the comic. And by the way, a little bit of a spoiler. So if you don't want to know and you haven't read the comic yet, I understand. Press pause, get it, read it, come on back. But we've been hearing about this for a while, and uh, I believe it was J.J. Abrams who uh, kind of talked about it, that he had wanted a physical change in 3PO, which would help signify the time jump that Force Awakens had taken. While droids can't wrinkle and gray as human characters have, the agent of 3PO was illustrated with the addition of a red arm. I'm reading a story from Cinema Blend a while ago. And uh, it talks about uh, there's the companion book uh, to The Force Awakens, uh, where it says, C-3PO is uncharacteristically quiet when it comes to discussing his salvaged arm. It is a memento of another droid's sacrifice. And that is something we'd, uh, the only clue we had for C-3PO's red arm. At the end of Force Awakens, he doesn't have that red arm anymore. Uh, he got it repaired at some point, right after Starkiller Base. He celebrated, he celebrated and uh, um, got that repaired. But we finally know. We finally know. And the writer of this comic is uh, James Robinson, Tony Harris on art. And uh, I'll tell you what, they did a great job. They did a great, great job. Because when it started, the comic involves a crash landing, and there's only droids and some creatures in this um, comic, in the main part of the story. Um, 
I thought, oh no, it's going to be one of those too cute episodes of uh, Rebels or Clone Wars. Um, maybe even uh, harken back to uh, an episode of Droids from the mid '80s. It was uh, it's three PO and some Resistance droids and a and a First Order droid that's their prisoner, and they crash land on a planet. And I'm not going to go through the details of it, but there is uh, a droid, the prisoner droid. He and 3PO are the main crux of the story. And there is, in fact, as this uh, note that we learned months ago, is there is a great sacrifice. And there's a reason that 3PO has that red arm. Uh, I really don't want to go into a deep, deep review. I want to give you all a chance to, uh, to read it and digest it yourself if you haven't already. But as the story unfolds, I was, like I said, I was very dubious right in the first couple of pages. I went, ah, here we go. A little cute adventure about teamwork. Some droids crash landing. I don't know if I, I I'm going to read it because I have to. By the end of it, I, this is some of the best uh, writing we've seen in, in any of the new Marvel can- Star Wars canon. I loved it. It's downright touching. And then it also reaches back to the prequels. There's prequel stuff in here. There's talk about 3PO's mind being erased and memories he has. You get to see some visions of it. You get to see Naboo. You get to see, uh, you get to read of, of, of some of 3PO's memories. And they're, and they're all of the prequels. Because we got to assume his memory hasn't been erased again from that point on. And... There's talk of the uh, sentient nature of these protocol droids. And uh, these droids are going, they're discussing it. They're discussing of, you know, we're not humans, but we have human-like qualities. Human-like memories, in a way. And they talk about minds being erased. 3PO goes into it, man. He flashes back to the prequels, and it's great. It's touching. Uh, The droid is Omri. That is the droid that is uh, with 3PO. And there's a great sacrifice. And there's a reason that that red arm is on 3PO. I got to tell you guys, if you haven't yet, or you're thinking you didn't want to pick it up, pick it up. There's a digital edition, Star Wars C-3PO. It is a great little one shot. You don't need more than that. We don't need more than that. Let it lie, but it explains everything. You shouldn't have to read all these things to make The Force Awakens better. Uh, and I can always understand that criticism. And there was some of that criticism for The Force Awakens. It was clearly part of a bigger picture, but they had to boil it down for the masses who weren't reading these comics and these novels. But you can't ignore that this stuff is there. The layering is there. When I read stories like this, is when I'm fully behind this big, giant Star Wars connected universe, this new canon. And it's awesome. And now it fills it out. And now the next time I watch Force Awakens, I'm going to know. Now I have the answer. And that red arm, which initially I thought, nah, all right, I guess they're just trying to sell new 3PO action figures. And I've bought a few. Looking at my 3PO Funko Pop red arm 3PO right over there. Yeah, there's some of that, of course. This is a business after all. But now when I look at it, 
I'm going to know. I'm going to know the whole story. And it's going to have some meaning. Let's give ourselves a moment to pause and pay homage and have an ode to 3PO, our favorite goldenrod, our favorite protocol, protocol droid, a key part of the Star Wars story. Also had a chance to read the Marvel uh, issue one of Poe Dameron. Again, I'm a little late on it due to traveling. Charles Soleil and Phil Notel are the writer and artist of this team. Um, as always, Jordan D. White, uh, editor, Heather Anthos, assistant editor, they do great work. Um, though I often say sometimes the comics are uneven and all that kind of stuff, I still love what they're doing, and I still love that I have Star Wars comics to read. And uh, I was very curious, as all of you were, about the Poe Dameron series. Um, I believe it's going to be another short-run series, probably five issues or something, but maybe I'm wrong. It's going to fill in some of the gaps and answer some of the questions of the, what happened leading up to The Force Awakens. Again, if you haven't read the book Before the Awakening, which is uh, short stories about Ray, Finn, and Poe, do it. The best story, I think, is the one with Poe. Um, and here it is. You get to see the formation of Black Squadron. You get a reference, a lot of references to the Battle of Jakku. We know Snap Wexley was there, and he was young. He was 16. Uh, we got the alien Lulo, who was at the Battle of Endor. He's there. Jess Pava, our favorite sand snake, who is also an X-Wing pilot. She's in here. You got a lot in here. And it's a fun adventure, and it is all about them, the Resistance, searching for what we now can say is the Explorer, Lore Santeca. So it's an important story. It's an important story. And, uh... I like it. I like it a lot. I've got uh, three or four variant covers I picked up. I think we as Star Wars fans, and we discussed it a little bit more in a Force Center uh, episode a while back, a couple weeks ago, with Andres Cabrera, that we are, we are very fortunate as Star Wars fans to have a character like Poe Dameron. He is an adventurer. He's a, he's a rogue. He's not quite a scoundrel, at least not yet. He's got a great fashion sense and jackets. And Oscar Isaac hit a home run with that character. So glad he survived. Originally intended to be killed off. So glad he survived. And I think we as Star Wars fans are very, very fortunate to have Poe. I've got a lot of faith in this comic. I'm excited they're doing it. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to check that one out, go ahead and pick it up. Book one, part one, Black Squadron. It is cool. I want to go to Twitter and talk uh, to you guys directly. You can follow me on Twitter at Ken Napsuck and this network at Force Center Pod and use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. And uh, we'll have a conversation. We'll talk, answer some of your questions. I'll try to get to you. Uh, we, you can also use the hashtag Force Center and that will go to our main show. This one's uh, this hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Um, to uh, this will be about uh, this is here spotlight stars you know what I'm saying why am I rambling I don't know I don't know okay I'm going through and I usually take these live so sometimes my answers I think later oh I should have answered a little differently a little better a little more research but I like it this is a conversation because if this is this is what goes on with my friends me and Joseph Scrimshaw will be around having a drink off air and we'll talk to each other about Star Wars Tristan Shields. Grand Moff Shields, still one of my favorite Twitter names. He asks, uh, can you retell the story of you meeting Dave Filoni? It's hilarious. 
I think I've told her before, but Tristan, why can't I say that name? Tristan, you've asked, I'll tell. Maybe there's some new listeners who haven't heard. A few years ago, two years now, I was at a San Diego Comic-Con, and look, it's a great big event. There's a lot of people as a fan, if I was just a fan, I don't know if I'd go every year because it's so daunting, it's so big, it's so overwhelming. But getting to cover it and work it and attend it uh, on the press side is a great experience. It's a great experience, um, and, and I love it. And, and so I get to go to some parties and get to have some access to some cool people. All right, It's a, it's a little fun side effect of, uh, of the job. So I was at a party there um, over in Petco Park. Zachary Levi was uh, his Nerd HQ team was throwing a party, and I'm running around there with my friend Matt Key over there from Marvel Movie News, the producer of Fat Men on Batman, and we're running around. We got a few drinks in, and Matt, who's tall, he's what six four, six five. He's a big boy. We had a great interaction with the Hound, who he himself is six five, six six. We had a great interaction with a drunk Hound and a drunk Matt Key as we were picking up more drinks. And as we were walking away from that, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's awesome. Matt just talked to the hound, and I was between them while they had a funny, drunk conversation. We, we passed Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni, of course, the guy beyond Clone Wars and Rebels and, and all that stuff, he's got the hat. He's, where's that cowboy hat? It's his trademark. And we pass him. And I love Clone Wars. Key loves Clone Wars. And I, this is all Key. I give credit to Matt Key. This is him. But we, were both, we both had some drinks in us, some whiskey. And he goes, I got to go talk to Dave. And I'm like, well, okay, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk to Dave Filoni. He's like, what, what are we going to say? So we decide we're going to talk to him about the Clone Wars and how good the Clone Wars are. So Matt, again, this is his story that I give credit for. I'm just along for the ride. We go up to him. We go up to Mr. Filoni. He's got the cowboy hat, and he's got a friend with him. We Dave, Dave, huh? oh, and he's trying to be very friendly. Hey, nice to meet you. And, and Matt, and, and Dave's about my height, the 5'8", 5'9", range. He's, he's a normal human being. Matt Key's the giant. So you're looking up at Matt, and Matt's drunk and happy and loud, and I'm drunk and smiling, and we're like, hey, Dave Filoni. And Matt goes, hey, Mr. Filoni, how does it feel to have created something that's better than the prequels? And I went, oh. Filoni's friend goes, oh, and Filoni just smiled, stared, and his friend says, he gets that a lot, and we said, he should, he should, we love Clone, we love the Clone Wars, Dave just said, thanks, thanks a lot, we shook his hand, and he walked off, and we sat there snickering and giggling like little schoolboys, fun little moment, Maybe it had to be there. But hey, it's true. Clone Wars are probably more loved than the prequels. Though, if I was more sober, I might have asked him, I might have asked him about that frog officer and that shark villain. Maybe next time. Maybe this year. Ryan C. at Throne underscore talk says the episode four crawl reads Rebel Spaceships won their first victory. He's paraphrasing, of course. Do you think there will be a space battle in Rogue One? It's a great point, Ryan. I don't know. We definitely haven't seen that yet. We got so little from the Rogue One teaser trailer. We got some great stuff. We got so little. We don't know where the story is uh, is going to go. Here's the thing. Again, I always say Lucas Lucas wrote that crawl with the help of uh, John Milius cleaning it up back in, what, 70, 76, leading up to the 77 release. So, um, 
He had no idea that the story was going to be flushed out and definitely no idea that at this point the story was going to be flushed out by people, not him. So when Lucas says rebel spaceships striking from their hidden base won their first victory, I mean, we're getting that story. But so far, we don't see evidence that there's going to be a space battle. It seems to be more of a heist picture. It's more about troops on the ground, palm trees on the ground, at walkers on the ground. So I think this ends in some space battle. I think that's it. And maybe maybe we can have a little fun with the notion that uh, rebel spaceships striking from their hidden base dropped off some people on the ground and it turned into their first victory. Uh, I still love Rogue One, but I don't think it's going to be... We're obviously going to get more. It's a sentence in the crawl from 1977. I don't think it's going to be exact. But it's a great question, Ryan. It's a great question. It's one of the things I love about Rogue One. I do hope we get a space battle in Rogue One. I felt Force Awakens, we didn't get that specifically. The battle over Starkiller Base certainly turns to darkness and looks like it's in space, but really they're, they're flying over the planet. We didn't get that classic Star Wars space battle. Um, so I hope there's one in Rogue Run, but, but definitely it's a smaller scale story in a way, and I'm happy with that. Maybe there's something else going on. Justin Skywalker. Oh, maybe he's Ray's brother. Mm, at Just Ten Walker. Favorite orchestration that leads into the finale music. I still love the throne room best, but Jedi Steps is amazing. Justin, great question. I love them all. I'll cheat and say bad. Uh, easy answer. I'll say I love them all. The throne room is great. The throne room is great. Empire is kind of sad and better, bittersweet. Um, Jedi, if you go with the Yub Nub song, it's a little different. But I like that too. And I like the, I like the re-release special edition version. We talked about that on Force Center with Mark Ellis last week. Uh, I like that. Um, I don't like the Gungan Peace Orb song too much. It's not a bad song. It's kind of Ewokies. Um, but bad taste in my mouth of that one there. Um, but I tell you what, um, I really do like Revenge of the Sith. Go back and listen to it. Maybe don't watch the movie. Go back and listen to it on the soundtrack. And I had the the chance to do that. Um, you know, back then, got to see, got to buy the soundtrack on CD, compact disc for your children, and uh, listen to it before the movie came out. And as troubled as I was by Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, especially back then when uh, we wanted more, um, Sith, I still had hope for Sith. And it's easy now to say, well, Sith's the best of the prequels. It is. But I had a lot of hope going in. And one of the things that inspired a lot more hope in Revenge of the Sith for me was hearing the final track. Because it has the uh, the theme for Luke and the theme for Leia. And it builds well. And it kind of, it sounded hopeful. It's down, it sounded like we were coming out of a dark time. And we were racing towards a new hope. Literally and figuratively. Don't overlook the Revenge of the Sith soundtrack, folks. Don't overlook it. Some people do. And check that last last uh, finale track. It's good. But, Justin, like you said, Jedi Steps is amazing. I have that one on repeat sometimes. Uh, Williams did a great job. I know a lot of there's a lot of talk that the Force Awakens soundtrack didn't have something memorable when we all first saw it. And I was one of the ones that said that, too. There was no Imperial March, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you, go back and listen to There's some great work. 
There's some great work. Ray's theme is great. You know when Kylo Ren's on screen if you're just listening to the soundtrack and, and the movie's down in front of you. Uh, and there's some great stuff in the final battle with the Resistance uh, X-Wings. There's this kind of a theme around that that I like. There's a lot of good stuff. But the Jedi steps, it's no duel of the fates. It's not a single. There's no video that's going to play on MTV like, they, uh, like the, the duel of the fates did back in the day. But the Jedi steps so encompasses the moment. It so feels like the moment. And I can still listen to that right now. And get those nerd chills and maybe even those nerd tears by hearing that. I love the character of Ray. Perfect? No, because some think she's too perfect. But I love the execution of the character. I will defend that to the day. And I believe we needed all the characters that we got in Force Awakens, all the main characters Kylo, Finn, Poe, Ray. I love the stuff on Jakku. I love Rey on her own on Jakku. And again, read the Before the Awakens. Uh, the Rey story in there is great too. And I love that moment. Daisy Ridley, if she's not the galaxy sweetheart right now, I, you find someone else. I, I, I can't believe there would be someone else right now. That moment when, when Finn talks about Luke Skywalker the first time and she gets that look on her face and she's excited but nervous and trying to be secret but also just over, overwhelmed with the moment and saying, Luke Skywalker, I thought, I thought he was a man. So to go from that moment, a, Devin, a, a, a desert scavenger, so far removed from everything, about to enter on this big journey. It, it, it's like a Luke Skywalker, I just wanted to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters moment. It is a character so far removed where, uh, where, it will, where the character ends up. With that moment, and then you go to the final steps, and you know what's happening by the time that moment hits. I remember the first time I saw Force Awakens, and she goes off and with Chewie and R2. I actually remember thinking, oh yeah, we still get, we still get Luke. By then, I kind of thought, "Oh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be uh, uh, Luke one shot." I kind of predicted, along with many, many, many others, that Luke might not even say a line, or Luke might just be at the end. He might be the final shot. There's a lot of a lot of people thought that, and and I thought, "Oh, this is going to happen." I got excited. Oh, we're going to see Luke. We're going to see Luke. When she starts walking up those steps, and that music is playing, and it builds, and there's anticipation, nervous hope. The music, the music expresses that. It's a mystery. You're walking up. What are we walking up to? At that moment, when that desert scavenger, who once thought Luke Skywalker was a myth, is now standing in front of the man, and she's the one holding out his lightsaber, which belonged to his father before him, spanning decades, spanning generations. And there's good with that lightsaber and there's bad things done with that lightsaber. When she is the one, the little girl from Jakku, is now a woman standing before Luke Skywalker and she is the one bringing him back. It is a spectacular moment in Star Wars. It is to me the best ending in any Star Wars movie. I'll say it. Mark it down. Mark it down, dude. And the music is perfect for that moment. And it builds. And it swells. And it is awesome. So Justin Skywalker, great question. I think the answer is Jedi Steps. 
A lot of great questions coming in today. I'm going to take a couple more. And I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the ride for today's episode. Cobster check it in. At Cobster15. He, of course, is Christian Ruvagabla from Schmozno and uh, Amateur Hour Films. He and Cody Hall, also of Schmozno, um, go find their work on Facebook and YouTube. They do great stuff, and they are part of the backbone of Schmozno. But Cobster checks in with a great Star Wars question. He says, uh, you think Rogue One will open with traditional scrawl text or be something different? Interesting, Cobster. It's a good question. With Rogue One, they could do a lot of things differently because it's not part of the main trilogy. It's outside. It's outside of the main story, and that opens up a lot. Both behind the scenes and the making of the movie, you know, John Williams is not doing the score. But it's easier to accept because... It's not the main Star Wars story. Different characters, maybe no lightsabers, maybe no Jedi, maybe only Vader is the only one holding a saber. And, you know, maybe, maybe that doesn't happen. We don't know. But I think you have to start with the traditional scrawl text. Clone Wars did it differently. Pour a, more of a newsreel, 1940s newsreel intro. You can't do that here. Rebels just kind of starts... But these are the movies, and we want that cinematic experience. And they still have to connect this to Star Wars as a brand. And I think if that movie started and there wasn't a scrawl text, I think you'd have a problem. And the movie could end up being great otherwise. But I still think in that moment, people might jump out of the movie mentally. I think you need that. I think this is a Star Wars story, one of many in the galaxy, so therefore you have to have the story laid out in three short, to-the-point paragraphs. I think they have to do it that way. I think they have to do that. Final question. Jonas Bergen. Bergren checks in at Jonas underscore Bergren. When I see Berg Gren, I think of Gren of the Night's Watch, who lost his life at the hands of Meg the Mighty as he defended the tunnel beneath the wall. Can you tell Game of Thrones is around the corner? Jonas asks, how many planets do you think we'll see in Episode 8? Some new and maybe some familiar ones. Which do you want? Uh, this question comes up a lot, and sometimes my answer changes, and I think it's a good conversation. I definitely want to see some stuff from the prequels. You can go back to other episodes where I go into more detail. I want to see Luke on Naboo. Maybe not an eight, maybe a nine. Maybe he's a force ghost and he appears in the book. I don't know. There's something about I want to see the main story connect to the prequels a little bit, a little bit more than they even did in Force Awakens. And there were some slight connections. But I want to see. I want to see Luke on Naboo. Maybe I do want to see Luke uh, going back to the place where his uh, his father became uh, truly became Vader. Lost in the lava over there. Uh, I do want to see that kind of stuff. I, I think it's interesting. It'd be interesting. They did it a little bit in the Leia comics. They had Leia on Naboo. Um, I think you can get connected in that way. And I do want to see some old planets. I, and I hope I see some new planets. Uh, this universe is big. 
And it's interesting when you read some of the novels. I just started Bloodline by Claudia Gray, which is great so far. I'm a few chapters into it. They're on Hosnian Prime, and it's kind of weird to be on this planet that we saw really only for a few seconds in Force Awakens as it blows up. Um, So I definitely want to explore maybe some of the planets we've already got established, but um, I, uh, I do want to see some new ones. Keep expanding the universe. Not too much. And I can go without maybe a desert planet and a snow planet this time around. You know, hell, go back to Camino. Uh, but Naboo, Mustafar, is of course what I was talking about. I, I'm okay with some of those planets returning. Be all right by me. Maybe we have, maybe we have Luke talking to a Gungan. I'm kidding, of course, or am I? I don't know. Hey, that's it today. There are some more questions coming in, so I'll try to get that on the next Spotlight Star Wars. You guys are fun. Great conversation today. If I do say so myself, I'm feeling chuffed. Maybe it's my new age. 40. I'm seeing things clear for the first time. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just uh, feel like Lando on a good day. I don't know. Uh, so thanks for listening. As always, you can follow me, like I said, at Ken Napsaw. can follow us at Force Center Pod and use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Share this. Like this. Subscribe. Go to our Facebook page. Spread the word out. We're trying to grow Force Center. It's happening. It is growing. Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landon, and myself are, are trying to bring you uh, the best we can in Star Wars conversation. There's a lot of choices out there, so we definitely appreciate you checking in with us and um, grow with us. But help us grow by uh, rating, reviewing on iTunes, uh, sharing, telling your friends about it. Let's all expand this Star Wars community. So that's it. Do yourself a favor, pick up the C-3PO one-shot and find all about 3PO, his red arm, and the droid that paid the ultimate sacrifice. Until next time, I'm Ken Apsuck. This has been Spotlight Star Wars. May that force thing kind of, sort of, always remain around you. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.